this is Base Layer, brought to you by Arca. I'm your host, David Nage. This is Base Layer, where institutional investors come to learn about crypto. Welcome back to Base Layer. This is David, and this is your new episode. I have Patrick from Qtum with us today. Qtum wants to harness the best attributes of the Bitcoin and Ethereum blockchain to create a decentralized, well-governed smart contracts platform with a potential to iterate on existing consensus mechanisms and other protocol parameters. We talked a lot about what Qtum is doing. Ultimately, Qtum plans to build the first robust proof-of-stake UTXO-based smart contract network. And we talked a lot about their decentralized governance protocol. We also talked about some of their... Um, kind of metrics that they're posting. So Qtum boasts the biggest proof-of-stake peer-to-peer network, according to them, with full nodes only exceeded by the Ethereum and Bitcoin networks. So we talked about how many there are right now. Patrick, about a year ago, said there were about 7,000 full nodes. Sometime it seems like there's around about five to 6,000 full nodes. So we talked about that because that's important. We also talked about their virtual machine. So Qtum has this thing called the x86 virtual machine, which supports C, C++, Rust, Python, and other widely used programming language. So they're doing a lot of things that are very interesting. And effectively, it seems like they're trying to build something where they see that there's potential in Bitcoin and Ethereum, but they want to build something bigger, faster, better. And so very interesting conversation, lots to learn. Obviously, some people might disagree, but some people might agree that this is the way to go. So this is something that hopefully you can listen to, uh, take notes on, and see if you agree or not. Remember, nothing on Baselayer is investment advice, so please do your own research. And on the flip side, you can hear the conversation with Patrick. Enjoy. This is David, and this is your new episode of Baselayer with Qtum. I have Patrick with us. Uh, this is a project uh, and a cryptocurrency that is out there. Uh, it is one of the more notable and most used out there. Uh, if you look at Coin Market Cap, you can see that it is in the top 50. Um, and this is a project that has a lot of people uh, interested in taking a look at it, and we'll go over why that is. So, Patrick, if you could give us a brief introduction about yourself and a little bit more about Qtum, if you could. And then we have lots of questions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So first, uh, thank you very much uh, for inviting me to join the to join this uh, this talk. Yeah. Uh, uh, much appreciate for this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe uh, a very short introduction about myself. Uh, so my name is Patrick Dai. Uh, I'm based in Shanghai right now, uh, but the the Qtum Foundation are registered in Singapore. Uh, so uh, for myself, I joined the industry pretty early uh, since 2012. Uh, at that time, I think I was one of the few Bitcoin miner uh, in China. Uh, like, uh, uh, but after that, uh, I have a very short working uh, experience in Alibaba uh, in 2015, and uh, in 2016, uh, we started the, the the quantum project or the Qtum project. Yeah, uh, and uh, after that, we have a pretty like uh, influential uh, ICO. Uh, but at the very early of 2017. And we raised uh, uh, fifteen uh, million dollar, and then uh, after that, uh, Qtum like uh, being public trading, and uh, once the time is reached to uh, like a five billion dollar market cap, yeah. But right now, since the, the market crashed uh, some, so the, the market cap is like uh, three hundred million dollars right now, yeah. Right. 
So if you could, um, there is some research out there that states that your mission statement is Qtum wants to harness the best attributes of the Bitcoin and Ethereum blockchains to create a decentralized, well-governed smart contract platform with the potential to iterate on existing consensus mechanisms and other protocol parameters. Do you agree with that yeah. mission statement uh, that some other researchers provided? And what can you th- what can you give us more about that? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think I agree uh, with what you said earlier. Like Qtum uh, really wanted to combine the the best parts of Bitcoin and Ethereum together. Uh, I mean, at the very beginning, it's uh, pretty like uh, confusing uh, for the for the blockchain developer and uh, for the people in the industry, even for the people in this industry, uh, because uh, people will question why you want to do this. Yeah, the the idea is pretty simple uh, because in uh, I mean, if you know the industry uh, pretty well, uh, you you will know there's a a project. The name is Root uh, Rootstock RSK. Yeah, the Rootstock guy they wanted to build the smart contract for Bitcoin in 2015. So uh, like I mean, uh, we we got some idea. Like uh, we got some like uh, uh, sparks uh, from their idea. Uh, then like uh, we want to build something similar. So the the, the initial design of Qtum is like. Uh, uh, we wanted uh, we wanted to add the smart contract to Bitcoin network, yeah. But as uh, as we all know, like uh, it's almost impossible because for Bitcoin they want to keep it very stable, uh, very secure. They do not really want to uh, move like uh, forward for for the new technology right now, yeah. They they want to build a, a secure like blockchain, a secure like a uh, uh, network, a blockchain network for Bitcoin. So then we decided like uh, yeah, we need to build our own like independent blockchain. But we, we based on the Bitcoin infrastructure and then we build some virtual layer. Uh, I think Qtum is one of the first like a blockchain. We have some concept like a layer design. Like we build a virtual layer. Upon that virtual layer, uh, we build the uh, EVM. So uh, for, for Qtum, like uh, the, the, the basic layer is a Bitcoin architecture. Then we have a, we have a virtual layer. We call it like the, uh, uh, the Qtum account abstraction layer. And after that, we have uh, we are supporting like a multiple virtual machine. Uh, right now, we are supporting like uh, the Ethereum virtual machine, the EVM. Mm-hmm. So no matter like uh, you like a Bitcoin or you like a Ethereum, I, I mean, no matter like a uh, uh, like a which area, uh, if you are a developer, no matter, no matter you work for Bitcoin or you work for Ethereum, you will find uh, all the functions uh, on Qtum platform. Yeah. So there's a lot to, we're going to have a lot of questions. And so you started touching on some of the things about the virtual machine and some other uh, components of this. Um, I find it interesting that you bring up the lack of support for smart contracts within within the Bitcoin community. I've talked to many of the Bitcoiners and I agree with you. They feel that implementing smart contracts and having that in the, the layer one would be a security vulnerability and i think they have thought of you know you said rsk and ivy as we know within bitcoin's code there is script which was initially there Uh, but to use that for smart contract purposes seems to have some limitations so really interesting so let's dig in more um from our friends at masari they provided yeah. some research. Qtum believes proof-of-work blockchain protocols like uh, Ethereum and uh, Bitcoin suffer from categorical scaling limitations such that proof-of-stake is, if only by default, a viable consensus model. 
Moreover, Ethereum's protocol change contentiously and plurality of forks are variables that Qtum wants to prevent, also via proof of stake. Ultimately, Qtum wants to plan to build the first robust proof of stake UTXO based smart contract network. So there's a lot to unpack there. Um, So with Bitcoin and proof of work, we have three transactions per second currently. Um, Mm -hmm. It's the structure, the architecture is linear in nature. Uh, We've seen people try to use graph, uh, distillate graphs, uh, DAGs to try to, you know, work around the linear nature of that. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the way that the blocks are actually propagated every 10 minutes, a lot of the Bitcoin community feels that that's actually a security feature, not a bug, um, because it adds um, more security to it. Um, So, you know, feel free to, you know, you know, with that, you know, with proof of work, some of the the limitations in terms of scale, speed, um, Mm -hmm. you know, talk a little bit more about that as it reverts to QDOM. You know, what is the, the speed and the scale? Because it seems that those that are outside of the Bitcoin community and those that are outside of the crypto community always try mm-hmm. to put Bitcoin and transactions per second versus things like Visa. So talk mm-hmm. to us a little bit about QDOM and speed and scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, by the initial design, uh, we were thinking like uh, how, how can we balance all the features? Like uh, how can we... Uh, make like uh, the, the best design uh, for to to build one of the like uh, to build the best currency and also build the the best platform. It's about the trade-off, yeah. Uh, because uh, I ha- I had a, a very long like experience with Bitcoin mining with Bitcoin mining pool and even uh, some develop development like related work with Bitcoin. So know uh, like know the Bitcoin pretty well, and personally I meet like Vitalik many times in China. Uh, I mean before he he released the Ethereum platform, and had a lot of like uh, discussion with with him earlier. So when we design uh, Qtum, we wanted to say like we wanted the first we wanted the best like security. Uh, the proof of work is still uh, one of the best uh, on security uh, feature. Yeah, I mean if we are talking about security. Uh, until right now, I mean, uh, proof of work is 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 the best in that area. But if you are if you want to scale, uh, but also like if you want to talk about like the the currency feature, I think the proof of proof of work like uh, give you like more value on the currency part. A lot of like a proof of uh, proof of work coin, uh, like because they have the initial cost for the mining, uh, you always have a cost. Uh, for the for the mining, so so you over the price uh, is dropping down. You have like more value support because people invested a lot earlier. Yeah. So, but if you want to, uh, it just depends on uh, if you want to build a currency, what you want to really you really want to build a platform. If you want to build a platform, I think the the proof of stake it's a it's a better choice in long term. Uh, because just imagine, like, uh, uh, like Ethereum or, or Bitcoin, uh, the, the the market cap like went up like one hundred times more. Then you need uh, so many electricity to support the network. It's almost becoming impossible later if a Bitcoin price jump to like one million dollar per Bitcoin. So it's it will become a, a problem for the scaling because uh, we we do not really have that enough like uh, free electricity or like. Uh, uh, well, like, uh, well, that, that like allocation, like, uh, for you to to do the mining stuff in many countries, yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, I think in long term, like, if we want to, sc- if we want to scale, uh, the proof of stake or like some 
some similar consensus like the BFT or the PBFT uh, were, were so many new consensus. If we want to build a scale platform, uh, I think uh, the better you choose some proof of stake consensus uh, as a consensus layer. But if you want to build a similar stuff with uh, like a Bitcoin or like a currency feature, we'll only focus on currency. Like uh, recently we have a few uh, very good currency like a green and a beam, the Mimbo Wimbo. Uh, all these uh, all these protocols they they targeted to build some uh, privacy currency or like a Zcash Monario uh, or like a green or beam. You know, I personally I think for that for that area like uh, you want to build a better currency, then the proof of work maybe work for you better. Yeah. So you have brought up proof of stake a few times already, and talking about proof of stake, we had uh, Silvio uh, McCallie on from Algorand a few weeks ago, and we talked yeah. about you know traditional proof of stake models or uh, delegated proof of stake models, and to be fair, they seem to have some of their own issues too. Relatively speaking, you know, if one is wealthy and can afford to stake more, um, they get to have a certain status, whether it's Oracle or something in the nature of the hierarchy of a proof of stake. You usually have Oracles and then you have validators under there. Um, and that's kind of how some of the hierarchies work within these models. And so do you think that there's economic issues with proof of stake? Uh, I think it's a it's a very like a complex topic. Like uh, we do not have a we do not really have a have a right like a conclusion uh, on this topic. Uh, but uh, I think it's almost similar like uh, for the proof of stake or proof of work. You always have the initial cost. Uh, for the proof of work, you need a you need a buy uh, you need to buy the miner, buy the uh, ASICs, or buy the GPU card. Uh, you need the money. Uh, for the proof of stake, uh, sometimes you also need to buy the coin to do the staking and to get the reward. It's almost similar. Uh, the only difference is like uh, you raise uh, the, the the fiat money, uh, USD dollar or RMB to buy some ASIC, or you use the uh, fiat money to buy the coins. Yeah, uh, but uh, for the decentralization, I think like uh, it depends on the consensus. Usually, like the proof of proof of work algorithm have a better like a. Uh, uh, have a better like a decentralization than the proof of stake, because uh, but that's also like a different uh, from quantum. I think for quantum we we targeted to design uh, the quantum proof of stake like to be a no barrier for for people to join the network. So no matter like how many quantum you have, you can uh, you can become a full node and you can like validate other people's transaction and you have the possibility to get a, a block reward. But that's that's really different from some like a delegated like a proof of stake like a depots uh, or all the BFT or PBFT like a related proof of stake because for that kind of a proof of stake you, initially you need uh, to choose like a, a group of people only this group of people they have the right to validate uh, the blockchain and get the reward but for for QTM proof of stake we wanted to break that barrier. So no matter even you have one QTM, you have the possibility to get a to get a to get a reward on the QTM network. Yeah. So that, that that's a, that's some design philosophy is different with other blockchain. But every blockchain have their argument because some of the blockchain they have to choose like to be kind of centralized so they can achieve like a higher efficiency. But for QTM, uh, the first layer we are similar with Bitcoin, so we we want to keep the currency layer like uh, as fair as possible, as decentralized as possible. So th that's why we choose the classic like a proof of stake for QTM right now. Yeah. 
So as we initially said that Qtum wants to harness the best attributes of the Bitcoin and Ethereum blockchains to create a decentralized, well-governed smart contract platform with the potential to iterate on consisting mm-hmm. uh, mechanisms, one of the things that both have are governance protocols. And so you have a decentralized governance protocol. So I'm curious mm-hmm. if you can give us more information about this. Is this effectively on-chain governance? Um, yeah. And in the face of other projects that have had governance issues uh, without naming names, you know, how would you say, you know, from what you've been able to see over the last year, year and a half or so, two years, how well is it working so far? Yeah, I think this uh, the, the I mean the governance is still a very huge problem for the whole blockchain industry. Uh, no matter for the currency or uh, for the platform, uh, I think most of the developers they didn't realize it's it's a very uh, it's a very important problem for the whole industry. Uh, I didn't see like many like improvement improvement in this area because we see a lot of improvement or a lot of breakthrough. Uh, on the uh, layer two design or lighting network or, or the, all the layer two solutions or the privacy solution. Uh, we, we see a lot of progress like last year. But for the governance, we didn't see too many like uh, progress uh, uh, in this area. Uh, so for Qtum, our idea is very simple earlier. <clears throat> we are the first blockchain. We want to use the smart contract uh, to manage the blockchain basic parameters like the block size. Uh, was the gas price or was the gas limit? Yeah, so that's a three basic uh, parameter you need on the blockchain. Uh, the reason why we designed this because uh, earlier we realized like uh, people will always argue like uh, how to increase the the block size like the Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash uh, like so so we 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 like uh, kind of pre compiled the the smart contract like uh, uh, to have the, these like three parameters. Yeah. So that's the first time we involve a smart contract to manage your blockchain. So if people want to have a, like a, a like a higher like want to have a bigger block size or like a higher like a gas limit, they can just vote online, uh, vote on chain, and then after the voting being approved, the smart contract will automatically like up, uh, upgrade the the whole network. That means like we do not need a hard fork. Yeah, so it's only soft fork. So that can solve a lot of problems. Now, if you are talking about the the on-chain governance, yeah, it's, it's uh, I think it's a very important like uh, uh, area need need uh, more people to work on. But uh, I think most of the industry uh, developers they didn't realize it's it's a problem. Yeah. So I, Computum is one of the first blockchain to design this. And after that, yeah, we see many other uh, self-governance blockchain like uh, Talos. Yeah, uh, Talos they wanted to uh, build a, a better like a govern uh, govern uh, governance blockchain. Yeah, and uh, we see some other works. Yeah, but I think th- this area is still very slow. Uh, but uh, we we hope more more developer can join uh, this topic like uh, to build a better governance protocol uh, in the long term. Yeah. yeah. All right. So you brought up gas, and so I want people, so as we know, this show gets listened to from family offices and other institutional investors. So gas, effectively, so if you have a network like Ethereum, which uses gas, and so if you have a transaction and there are a certain amount of nodes on that transaction, you can add a little bit of a, what you would may call like an incentive. So if you want something to go through faster, you can add what's called gas to make that transaction go faster through the network. And so, you know, talking about that and leveraging to this next kind of question. So on your website, Qtum boasts the biggest proof of stake peer-to-peer network with full nodes 
only exceeding by Ethereum and the Bitcoin networks. So a year ago, you said on, I think it was on Twitter, that Qtum had approximately 7,000 full nodes. So what's the number as it stands uh, today with Bitcoin around 9,600 full nodes and Ethereum is around 6,400 full nodes? Where is Qtum today? Yeah, so uh, right now Qtum have uh, about uh, more than 5,000, about 5,000 full nodes globally. Uh, I think uh, in U.S. we have the most full nodes right now. And the second one is China, and the third one is Korea. Uh, the, the, the U.S. is the first one. Is, uh, maybe a lot of people, they rent the uh, Amazon Cloud or Google Cloud to host uh, the full nodes there. Yeah, so that, that's maybe the reason. <laughs> yeah, uh, so the, uh, the reason why we... Uh, put so many attention on the full nodes is because I think the full nodes is one of the most Im- important factor, uh, like to estimate that, like how decentralized your network. Yeah, because uh, I think the, the whole industry we do not have really have some like uh, we do not have the valuation model uh, for a blockchain. Like uh, uh, why why the price change every day? Like uh, I, I mean, how how can you evaluate your, your blockchain? Yeah, it's it's a very hard hard question. Like. Uh, because, but for Qtum, we believe the, the believe like the, the decentralization influence. Yeah, we believe the, the decentralized influence. So we, when we design Qtum, we, we said like uh, we do not we cannot set like uh, uh, the barrier uh, for people to join the network. So everyone they want to be become a full node should like the early time of Bitcoin. They can join a full node in their uh, personal computer. And also we we made some balance between the the blocks uh, block size. Under the 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 the, uh, the TPS or like the transaction per second of the network here. Yeah. I mean, for Qtum, we can have a, we can have a faster like a network, but that also means like a, uh, the data will growing quickly. Like the block, all the blockchain data will will growing very very quickly. That's uh, I think that's one of the problem Ethereum is facing right now because they their block their block time is like uh, fifteen seconds. So the the whole the whole like uh, block block size is like. Uh, uh, the whole the whole blockchain data is uh, maybe more than two terabyte if you wanted to uh, recover everything. Yeah. So uh, for Bitcoin, it's uh, maybe it's maybe five hundred gigabyte right now or four hundred gigabyte right now. So the block size is pretty very big right now. Right. So that means like uh, with the time passed by, less and less people recover all the full nodes. But for Qtum, we keep it uh, still very small. Uh, it's uh, only four four gigabyte to five gigabyte right now for the data size. You can still host uh, on your personal computer, and also like uh, Qtum is uh, is still I think the the biggest uh, like a proof of stake network. Uh, if you count on the the amount of the full nodes, yeah, I think it's a very important uh, if you want to build a, a decentralized blockchain. Uh, it's better than some blockchain. They have like a billions of dollars valuation, but only have twenty or like a thirty thirty nodes. Yeah, so it's more like a centralized database. Why people choose that? Yeah, I think more and more people will realize it's it's a problem in long term. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we alluded to the virtual machine. You've brought it up a few times. So Qtum's x86 virtual machine will support C, C++, Rust, Python, and other widely used programming languages, facilitating mainstream adoption of smart contract development. Do you believe Solidity as the choice of the Ethereum community has potentially slowed down development and adoption by devs in the Ethereum community? Mm, I think, you know, maybe 
Sometimes I, I think I think yeah I think yes yeah, but uh, it's not the problem of Ethereum or it's not the problem like uh, uh, of, of the of the designer of the EVM because it's the first time they design some virtual machine. Uh, they wanted to uh, they wanted to uh, imp, uh, like uh, deploy the the smart contracts uh, in a decentralized network. I mean, uh, if we are talking about the EVM, I think it's a, it's a, it's a still a very big innovation. Uh, at that time, yeah, because you only have Bitcoin, and then someone came out. They say, "Oh, I want to. I can build a, a better, like a flexibility uh, of the uh, uh, that that the script language." Yeah. So the virtual machine at that time is still very innovative for the whole industry. I think the EVM they did some great job. But in long term, I mean, we are targeted something in long term. Uh, if you really want to build the blockchain applications. I think the EVM is not really suitable in long term. So that's the reason people are uh, paying more attention to the web assembly and to some new virtual machine right now. Yeah, because the EVM, they have some like a kind of a, uh, early early time design or early stage design where you compare to some uh, matured virtual machine, uh, virtual machine design. And it's also the EVM since it's a, it's a very big learning curve, uh, very big learning curve for the for the traditional IT developer, like they know C, C, C++, but it's it's uh, taken them a long time to learn and to be a master of Solidity. Yeah, so that that's also a, a huge problem for EVM to become really popular in long term because it's not really compatible uh, with the people's with the developers like uh, old experience. Yeah, so that's the reason why we uh, want to design the uh, new virtual machine, the X eighty six virtual machine. Yeah, it's uh, it's compatible with all the uh, all the like uh, all the traditional uh, uh, programming language or all the like uh, major stream language programming language, and uh, it's no learning curve uh, for the developer to move to uh, to move to this new virtual machine. Mm-hmm. And in long term, I think it can help like uh, encourage more developer to join the industry. Yeah. So people can understand basically what Patrick and the team have done is that this has been a running narrative is that. You know, if you were a teacher, for instance, here in the United States, and you were going to go teach English to uh, students in Vietnam, for instance, just as an example, imagine having to, you know, basically, you know, find a language that you don't know, say, you know, Czechoslovakian, and have that English textbook in Czechoslovakian, and then having to do that, you know, and teaching that textbook in Vietnam to those students. Instead of just having, you know, a kind of a common language or a bridge there, you're having to use something completely outside of the, the barrier of, of knowledge and having to kind of retrain yourself again to be able to kind of, you know, do the processes that you want to be able to do. So Solidity... Uh, for a lot of people out there has been a kind of a, not a problem, but it has been something that has slowed down in some people's minds, the adoption of developers on the community, because it is a new language. It is a little bit of a cumbersome type of approach. Uh, not everyone gets it right away. Whereas Python and JavaScript and some of the languages that have been around for decades, um, or, you know, projects like Qtum and others that we've spoken to, are much more friendly to that. And so this is uh, an area that is uh, of interest. So moving forward, uh, Qtum plans to implement the first iteration of a new proof-of-stake consensus mechanism, incentive proof-of-stake, which is compatible with UTXO-based blockchains like Bitcoin. So Qtum's UTXO model was chosen to support consistent, traceable on-chain transactions. 
and mm-hmm. IPAS, as you call it, iterates on traditional P, uh, on proof of stake models by introducing reward mechanisms calculated by online node numbers estimates. So initially, mm-hmm. QDEM will launch with a standard proof of stake model, but transition to IPAS mode in later development phases. So mm-hmm. I want to know where you are in terms of that transition. Yeah. So right now, the QTEM is still the the classic proof of stake, uh, like a first like a. I think in this industry, proposed by Sunny King, uh, uh, the guy he, he designed the peer coin, uh, the first proof of stake coin. Yeah, so we we used the the same consensus. Uh, he he like invented like uh, in 2012 and 2013. Yeah, so uh, but uh, right that, that's uh, what QTEM is is running uh, and the, the QTEM uh, consensus is based on right now. Uh, but we have some new plan uh, uh, in September, and uh, uh, because in September is QTEM's two years uh, main net anniversary uh, in sub- this September, so after that uh, we we will have a very big like a uh, uh, update uh, on the new consensus uh, we wanted to design, uh, because of the classic proof of stake uh, the QTEM is using right now uh, it's uh, I mean it's it's a really uh, personally, I think it's kind of a simulation of the Bitcoin proof of work. Yeah, you just like uh, change the the hash rate to some like uh, uh your like a stake uh your stake weight yeah or your coin weight uh to calculate uh, your possibility uh to get the to get the next block. Uh, the the randomness of the classic proof of stake is uh, is pretty very good because uh, uh because if you want to compare with the proof of work like for Bitcoin uh the Bitcoin still control the I mean uh when we when we mine a new block of Bitcoin it's supposed to be mined by like a twenty big mining pools yeah but for QTEM proof of stake right now we have randomly uh globally we have like more than two thousand like individual uh, who uh, who had the possibility uh, to mine the the QTEM block yeah so the decentralization is, is better if you compare it with the mining pool service yeah so uh, but after but that's also have a problem for the classic proof of stake uh, your your private key have to have to be online all the times and also like uh, it's not really uh, everyone wanted to running their personal nodes always online, always like uh, uh, keep it open. Yeah, so we wanted to uh, we wanted to bring uh, a new like a design. Uh, it's it's uh, that's a reason we call it like uh, the the incentive proof of stake. But uh, we prefer to change it to a new word, like uh, maybe change the incentive to contract, uh, the smart contract. Change it to the contract proof of stake. Uh, the, the reason is like uh, uh, because we wanted to use the smart contract to be the delegator of your of your coins weight yeah so by this way you do not really need your coin or your private key online all the times uh, you can delegate your your coin weight to a smart contract uh, on the qtem blockchain and the qtem block uh, after the smart contract get the reward the smart contract will automatically send the reward to the people uh, who delegated to the smart contract earlier so we call it a contract proof of stake so that can solve a lot of problems. But at the same time, the classic uh, proof of stake is, is still working uh, in the QTEM network, but we just give you a new choice, like uh, you can use the contract as your delegator. I think that's also pretty like a very good innovation for the whole industry, uh, because we, uh, we, we know like uh, people were talking about the depots, but for the depots, the delegation or the delegator is, is the individual or company, but uh, no one really uses a smart contract as a delegation uh, in the blockchain industry. So if we like, uh, we, we have the plan to implement that, after that, the QTEM will be the first blockchain 
you can use the smart contract as your delegation. Yeah. So the, that's the kind of the, the ideas uh, uh, you, you are talking about. Yeah. Got it. So as we're, we've unpacked a lot of information about Qtum, and I have a feeling we'll have you back on in a few months to kind of follow up on a lot of these things. Um, one of the interesting parts here is that there was some recent news. So you have a, a press release that you've recently done some things with Google. Decentralized blockchain platform Qtum is working with Google Cloud as a software partner to increase the ease of launching native products for users, the company confirmed in a blog post on May 2nd. Qtum has already released a suite of developer tools on Google Cloud. Quote, Google Cloud is the perfect partner to help us make the blockchain ecosystem simpler and more intuitive. We're launching a node which once an intensive and complex process. Qtum's new developer suite introduces helpful shortcuts and tools to make it faster and easier. So if you can give us, you know, kind of how did that come about? You know, where are you going with Google? What's the what's the roadmap there? Yeah. So um, because we, uh, I mean, in 2018, like last year, uh, every people is so like uh, crazy in this industry because we see the bull market last year. Uh, like, uh, but after, but even in that like crazy time, we were thinking seriously like, what's the future of Qtum? I mean, also what's the future to build a blockchain platform? Yeah. Uh, I mean, today a lot of people are talking uh, blockchain platform. Like people, like Ethereum came out, they say, "Oh, that's a decent, that's a DApp and a smart contract platform." And the US came out, they say, "Oh, this an enterprise blockchain uh, platform." But from my personal point of view, I think today we do not really have a blockchain platform yet. Yeah, because if you want, if you claim you uh, you are a blockchain platform, that means like you have like infinite like a scalability. People can build everything on a platform. Otherwise, how can you call yourself a platform if only one popular DApps will kill the, the platform? Yeah. So I think people need to think about this question. And we were asking ourselves, like, okay, how can you really build, uh, really build a blockchain platform? Uh, then I was thinking, okay, if you check all the popular application today, where they've been built? They be they've been built on cloud service. Yeah, all the all the uh, all the like uh, new uh, application. Uh, the, I mean the centralized application. They uh, they build everything on the on the cloud service. Yeah. So then we say, okay, we need to do something with the cloud. I think that's that's the only way uh, a blockchain platform can be a blockchain platform. Otherwise, it's only a fake concept. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we we have the idea. Then we start we started to talk to uh, talk to the to talk to Google and also talk to the Amazon Cloud uh, in China. We talked to a few cloud partner too. Yeah. So for the Google, yeah, it's one of our it's it's our CIO uh, Miguel uh, Mike. Yeah. Uh, he talked to them and uh, he visited uh, the Google office and uh, then we we signed some MOU and some like uh, 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 kind of a cloud partnership with Google. Yeah, because uh, Qtum have one of the most decentralized network and uh, uh, people already use a lot of Google Cloud as a service there. They, they deployed a lot of Qtum nodes uh, in the Google Cloud and also people use Google Cloud to do a lot of uh, development work uh, for Qtum. Uh, and I think uh, Google they like that part. And also in long term, like uh, we are, uh, we have some idea with the cluster, uh, with the cluster cloud. Yeah, uh, I, I, we wanted to. Uh, we have some new design uh, for Qtum and uh, for the whole industry. Uh, we we want to build a really scale uh, blockchain platform, but with a cluster 
cloud as as a as a full node. Yeah, N not not a personal computer as a full node like Ethereum or Bitcoin, but you use a cluster as a full node. That means like your uh you you are you are like a single nodes like a com computing power or like a, a storage power or the network power is is much more powerful uh, than the personal computer and you can build some really popular uh, so if you want to build a platform you really need to uh you really need to build a, uh to build to uh, like a, uh work together and work closely with the cloud service and so what we usually like to do at the end of the show with guests is getting to know them a little bit more on a personal level. So two of the things that we usually like to ask our guests are what are they reading and what are they listening to for music? So we'd really love to get a sense of anything that you've read recently that left a kind of a, a mark on you that you have told other friends and family and anyone else and any colleagues that they have to read this book, or and also, what kind of music do you listen to while you're working on QDEM or you're traveling? What music do you listen to that gets you inspired? Yeah, uh, you mean the books? I, I read, uh, I read uh, like a lot of books. <laughs> yeah. Anything that you yes. can, anything that you can recommend? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, recently uh, on my table, I have a, I have, I have a book. Yeah, like uh, it's the, it's by uh, Rob, Robert J. Sealer. Uh, uh, it's a generational experience. Uh, yeah, so it's it's about the it's a it's some it's a it's a topic about the generational crazy on all the bubbles. Yeah, so I will I will uh, give you the name later. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's a, yeah, and uh, it's a generational uh, generational uh, experience. Yeah, generational experience. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I was reading this book uh, for the last few weeks, and also uh, for the music, I I listened a lot of uh, uh, the uh, kind of the the bandery, uh, the, the very very light music. Yeah, so can help me uh, feel calm uh, while I was working. Yeah, but I also li li uh, listen to other musics too. Yeah, great. And so for listeners, where can they find more about QDOM? How can they get involved? Tell people a little bit about that before we go. Uh, yeah, I mean, follow our Twitter. We have all the latest news on Twitter and also the QTOM website. And if you are really interested in QTOM, like, uh, or like uh, have some, uh, I mean, we are hiring people in U.S. right now. We, we are setting up an office in U.S. Uh, in Denver right now. and uh, But we are also hiring globally. So if you really have a very... Uh, very good skills. Uh, you, I mean, we are open to uh, to uh, to to hire more like uh, people uh, for the QTOM team. Yeah, you, you can send me the email. Uh, my email is patrick at qtom.org. Yeah, that's great. So this was Patrick Dye from QTOM, a project that has uh, been around for about two years now. It is publicly traded. You can find it on CoinMarketCap or any of the other sources out there. Uh, they're trying to take the best parts of Bitcoin and Ethereum. They have their own virtual machine, which is trying to make uh, life a little easier for developers to get involved, to have about 5,000 yes. full nodes. So this is a project you want to keep your eyes on. And Patrick, thank you for coming on the show today. And hopefully we can have you back on and catch up with you in a few months to see how everything's going. Thanks, Patrick. Yeah, thank you, David. Yeah, thank you for having me tonight. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. Take care. For more notes from this past episode about our guest, please go to www.ar.ca slash base layer. 
Nothing stated on this podcast should be taken as investment advice, which would require a thorough assessment of each investor's personal financial profile and risk tolerance. Statements regarding past performance are not necessarily indicative of future returns. If you like what you're listening to on Layer, let us know. Subscribe, give us a like, or hit us up on Twitter, Arca at Arca, or myself, David Nage at DavidJN79. Let us know, and we'd love to obviously hear from you. For additional resources to help sophisticated listeners like yourself learn about the digital asset space and the financial terms you understand, please visit www.ar.ca for articles, marketing commentary, videos, and more.